You're listening to the Now What Podcast, a podcast for women healing from loss that will provide you with practical ways to overcome challenges you are facing as you navigate the aftermath of loss. If you're ready to get unstuck and move forward with confidence on your journey, then this is the podcast for you. It is possible to start loving the life you're living after loss, and here is your guide, host, certified life coach, and widowed mom, Erin Hinty. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. And a huge thank you for you for choosing to show up for yourself by being here today. If you're just tuning in for the first time, I'm your host of the podcast, Erin Hinty. On this very special episode, I have one of my dear friends, fellow widowed mom, and her daughter on the podcast today. I wanted to give a huge thank you for. Reagan and Sloan for being here with me in the studio today. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having yeah. us. Yeah. So, Sloan, I'm going to start with you because um, this is not your first time sharing your story, but I want each of you to take a couple of moments here just to share with me a little bit about you, like who you are. That's all I just who you are, what you'd like others to know about you. I'm Sloan Quinn, and I'm 11. I play hockey and have for a, a while now. And I started because of my dad. And I enjoy reading a lot. And I enjoy hanging with other people and enjoying company. And number one is always hockey. Yeah. So you started hockey, you said, because of your dad. Tell me a little bit more about that. What do you remember about your love for hockey in the beginning? The earliest I can remember is, so we do these things called open skate. Like every Sunday, or I think it might have been Sunday mornings, uh, you show up and you like sign up and you go out and you skate with like your parents and everything and you do that for an hour and then you get free food after. Big bonus. And... I just remember little moments skating with mom on the ice. And I had these little pink skates that were super cute. Oh, that's so sweet. Skating with mom. Did she have to like shove you out on the ice when you first started skating? <laughs> well, when I think I first started, it was like chair pushing moments. Yeah. Skating with the chair. There was a bunch of holding hands and skating. Every memory I have, it's always smiles. But then when it started getting to practice, wasn't always smiles. <laughs> I bet. I bet that's when the real work begins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Reagan, share with everyone a little bit about you. My name's Reagan, and I, I guess best way to describe me is a little bit of everything. Um, you know, I am a therapist for adolescents and children and their families, and have been doing that for over the last 10 years, at least, um, with direct service. And the things that I enjoy most doing is spending time uh, with family, with friends. Uh, we love to do puzzles lately. I don't know if that was a COVID thing, but uh, puzzles have been something we like to do, uh, spending a lot of time outside when we can on the lake and, um, doing our adventures, whether it be traveling, um, 
to other states and doing adventures that way or things that we do around home, which I think we've seen um, just about every arena in the state of Minnesota, as well as either a Starbucks or a Caribou, which is very close to either one of those. Yeah, I love that. Uh, something warm to drink in the wee hours of the morning is always good. Um, I'm imagining all the Facebook pictures I've seen of the two of you. And I was going to ask you what some of your favorite things, but what is one of your most favorite things to do together? I think my favorite has been going a downhill skiing yeah. and just uh, enjoying that and watching um, cause I, I started at a very young age with downhill skiing and it's nice to be able to see that in Sloan and, um, she has no fear. So I'm always in the <laughs> back watching her skate down and she's like, I'm just going to bomb it. I'm going on the black hill. I'm like, you do that. I'll meet you down there. Sloan wants to say something. What about you, Sloan? I, I gotta say my favorite is it's kind of a tie between watching movies or just going out to dinner, enjoying the company of each other. Because I always think every time we go out to dinner, there's always something funny that's just out of the blue that just makes the entire night. Oh, and from what I can tell, Sloane's quite the character. I think she makes you laugh a lot. What's something that she's done recently that's just made you laugh? <laughs> Oh, she already knows. She already knows something. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one in particular. Um, <laughs> well, I can tell you one. I forgot my phone three times in one day. First, it was in a hockey arena. Second, in a car. And then I just forgot it in my pocket. <laughs> you sound like me. Are you a 41-year-old woman who <laughs> has three children and can't like keep her head on straight? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious well okay let's uh let's take a journey back for just a moment because one of the things that i i love that when i have these special like widow kiddo episodes is to be able to share a little bit about our person something we want others to know about them so we can paint a picture as we like just help them navigate kind of what's next so why don't we why don't we go back and tell me a little bit about Andy and who he was and you know a little whatever you want to share. I think the words that best describe him is just outgoing, witty, hardworking, um and really dedicated. It you know, he was a farmer. And which comes with so much dedication and hard work and it's year round. And sometimes the the reward of it has to be internal because there's so many outside factors that um, could make or break things. And and I remember, you know, if it rained, was was it okay that it was raining or should I be upset that it was raining? Or if it's windy, oh, is this a good wind because it's drying things out or do I need to not say anything? And so, um, you know, just kind of, kind of those pieces because I don't think 
people always understand how much goes into farming. And that was a real piece for him and part of his legacy because his dad farmed and he had the family farm. And so it was really close to his heart, um, which I think is, is a big piece of him and, and his wit. I mean, there were days that I didn't even know if he was telling the truth or not. We were living in Minot, North Dakota. And I go to the grocery store and I came home and he's like, you forgot to get carrots. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe it. I, I thought I looked everywhere. I must, I must have missed him. And he goes, well, you know, the produce is alphabetized, right? So it would have been right in between like, you know, the broccoli and the corn. So next time you go back, just whatever. I'm thinking, oh, how could I have missed that? So I go back to the store like a week later and I'm in the produce and I'm about ready to be a full Karen on the manager because they are not alphabetized. And then I realize, oh my goodness, he got me. So I go home, I grab my stuff, pay for it, go home. I walk in, I'm just fuming. And he's like, what's wrong? And I said, the produce is not alphabetized. And he could not stop laughing. He goes, I forgot to tell you I was joking. That's, that's, what, that's what I got to deal with on a daily basis. I have a feeling based on, I can see, I, I know the people listening can't see Sloan. I can see her laughing hysterically behind you. So I have to imagine maybe a little piece of, you know, Andy may have been like carried over into Sloan. Sloan, what, what's some, have you, have you pulled one over on your mom before? Oh yeah. Multiple times. <laughs> I love that it's inherited, like right straight into the DNA. Cause you know, you're, it's been 10 years, you mentioned earlier. So let's go back to that. If you don't mind, like sharing a little bit about, you know, your story, kind of where you've come from, Sloan, how old were you at the time? Like you can just each take a moment to, to share a little bit about that. Do you want to go first? Sure. Most of all, I can remember. I was almost two years old. I honestly can't remember much from... Like when it, I only started understanding it, I think, about when I was five or seven, like in between that range, I finally understood it. Because to me, it was always, oh, I've always had mom. There's no difference. And then, like, once I got older, I started realizing, oh, it's not always just been mom. There was three of us originally. And then, like the more I think about it, I get like these little memories of these little fun moments. And then I get snippets from everybody else of how much I look like him, act like him, have the same sense of humor, which sure mom doesn't usually appreciate. And I just think that's just created like this image in my head of what he was, what he looked like or what he acted like. That's so beautiful. I love that so much. So, Reagan, why don't you share a little bit about Andy and um, kind of what happened leading up to like what type of loss and just kind of what's what you'd like others to know to kind of get a picture of kind of what you went through during that time when Sloan was so little. Uh, um, you know, when when she was so little like that, they would one of their favorite things was, well, I say they, one of 
Sloan's favorite things to do was watch Dora the Explorer. And Andy loathed watching that. But he would sit there and he'd watch it with her and they'd, you know, enjoy their time together like that. And even to the the very end and his last day, they watched Dora the Explorer together. And so, um, you know, I think what I... What I'd like people to know is that um, whether it's a long time, because I've, I've talked with people who have had loss with cancer that has gone on years and years, and ours was um, two months from the, the date of diagnosis till Andy died. And, you know, I think sometimes within that short period of time, you really um, take advantage of what time you have and you think you have more because we were told, you know, maybe five, 10 years max and you think you have more, but, but you make each moment count. And, and I think that's, that's a big piece because with cancer, you never know. Yeah. It's so unpredictable. And I'm sure there's even people that may be listening who may be going through that right now. What is something that you would like to share with others who may you know, be early on in their loss or still like anticipating the loss of their loved one? Um, early on, just take it day by day and, you know, one foot in front of the other. Have grace with yourself because you're going to have moments where, you know, I'm a sarcastic person and I was very sarcastic. I think it came across um, dark for people, but that was my way of coping. Um, I'm definitely still sarcastic, but I I think I'm a little less bitter about it. And, you know, in in those end days when you know, it's hard because you're watching somebody you love die right in front of your eyes. And there's nothing you can do about it. And so it's, it's coming to, to peace with, I think, part of whether it's spiritually or with faith that there's, there's only so much we as humans can do. And we got to accept that um, just being there and just being present is enough that we, we can't fix um, everything And I think one of the things that somebody had said to me was when you think about medicine, it's a practice and physicians are practicing. They're not all empowering either. And so it's, again, that grace of being able to just accept, accept our limits as humans and, and be okay with that. Which I'm sure, you know, takes time. Definitely. Many of us. Um, thank, thank you for sharing that. Um, when you're talking about your sarcasm, I'm like, that's why I knew we would always get along. Cause I am so sarcastic. Sometimes people are, <laughs> my kids' friends will ask me like, is she serious? And they're like, no, not at all. Like dry sarcasm. Like I will say it with a straight face. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, let's, uh, I'm going to turn to Sloan for just a moment. 
Because you mentioned, you know, as you've gotten older, you've gotten to catch like pieces of like who your dad was even before you were born and how he maybe interacted with you when you were itty bitty and all of those things. As you've gotten older, what has your journey been like in terms of like your grief and being able to process some of that stuff? Have you been able to, you know, um, talk to friends or your mom or like, what does that look like for you? Um, being able to really, you know, just get to know who your dad was as well as like still more in the loss of kind of him not being here today. Well, I think one of the main factors that helped me like process through it was all these like funny stories that are sarcastic and they just, especially the ones where mom always falls for his tricks. Those are by far the best or these fun moments with me and him, like just thinking about those and how like before he left, he was like such a great person and all that. And how like I get told a lot that I'm the spitting image and um, mom constantly reminds me of that. And not, so I'm not in the best ways, but I mean, that's fine. And I mean, like processing has always been like a little difficult, but it's always, as you've dealt with it longer, it gets a lot easier. Like I feel more comfortable talking about it now than I would have if you asked me this a while ago. Like I probably wouldn't have told you as much as I'm telling you now because I didn't know as much. Like asking questions about it, Helps, helped me process it. Like if I ask mom a question, like a funny story or something really dumb, then it just made me feel better about it and made it easier to talk about. I love that so much. And Regan being mom and I think a therapist who work with children all the time. What have you, what have you found has been most helpful in supporting Sloan as she's gotten older and on her journey? I think really being honest. I know sometimes that's hard for parents of like, I don't want them to see that I'm upset or that I'm sad, but I think it normalizes it for them that, okay, it's okay for me as a kiddo to be sad because mom's sad too. And there's nothing wrong with being sad and there's nothing wrong with being angry or anxious about something, you know, we, Sloan and I are very open about anniversary dates and whether it be his birthday, our wedding date, the date of his death, you know, we're pretty open about that. And there'll be days where I'm like, why, why is this day feeling so off? And it's like, okay, got to remember that this is what's going on. And, you know, checking in with, with her too, because as She's gotten older and they've had, you know, father-daughter dances or there's Father's Day and they're making crafts or projects or, you know, sometimes still to this day, people will make, other kids will make comments and it's just like, okay, they have no understanding of, of what it's like and they might think they're being funny, but it's not. And so just being able to process all of that and and work through it, I think, um, is the most important, the honesty and the transparency. Absolutely. Were you going to add something to that, Sloan? It seemed like something was resonating when she was talking. I, when she's coming from the part that people don't understand it usually, like people ask questions about it and I'll answer them. Like they don't really think about what they're asking or what 
the response to what you're saying is. And sometimes that just doesn't make doesn't always make you feel the best. That is such a good point. People don't always ask the smartest questions. <laughs> I don't know about you, Reagan, but like sometimes I'll sit in support group and I'm like, somebody just said this to me today. And everyone's like, yep, yep, I get that. Like, what is a helpful thing that you feel someone could say or ask who is maybe, you know, supporting you on your journey? It's almost rather than asking, just doing. Yes. Because I always think, you know, um, when somebody's going through grief or a tough moment, they're like, if you need anything, just let me know. Okay, so now, I mean, in, they're coming from the kindness of their heart because they don't necessarily know what to do. But then it, it puts it on the grieving person of like, okay, now I've got to figure out what I need. And now I need to ask and I need to ask for help. And then I have to come back to you. So it's more just do, even if it's a matter of, you know what? Hey, here's a coffee. I'm I'm just dropping it off. Or um, I thought about you today. Why don't we go up? I'm going to pick you up and go to lunch or, um, you know, if you can't go, I'm going to drop it off. Um, just doing rather than asking. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I 100% agree with that. Um, and I often have to remind myself of that when I know someone else is going through. I mean, hello, when you've experienced loss, all of a sudden, like, the veil is lifted and you see everyone who is going through loss. And so sometimes I'm like, I have to remember like not to ask and to do. Oftentimes I observe, like I see what other people are doing for that grieving person. So that way, like as time goes on and people go back to their lives, then I'm like, okay, now it's time. Now it's time to step in, I feel like, and, and do something as well. So that's beautiful advice. Okay, so share with me, like, I am only at, well, I guess it'll be seven years in July. You're coming up on 10. How has your journey with grief and, and just like evolution as a person? Because hello, we're, you know, we've lost our partner our everything, our co-parent, our, you know, so how has it changed for you over time in terms of like your grief and just how you've been able to, you know, really come into like who you are as a person over these past 10 years? I think it's helped me move towards more of acceptance. Like there were days probably up until year five or maybe even longer where I'm like, he's still going to walk through that door. He's still going to come through. It's just, I just have to wait a little bit longer. And, you know, then as a parent too, and a solo, I like to say solo parent. I can't remember who told me that once, but I'm not a single mom. I'm a solo mom. So with that, it's having this independent, like always having to be independent, always having 
those depend on you to do everything. And I think for me, that's taken a little bit of an adjustment to being willing to ask for help. And so um, through the journey, being able to ask for help when I need it, being able to accept help. I think this year, a couple hockey moms finally said, you know what? You don't have to drive her every time to hockey. We live like two minutes away. We can pick her up. We can carpool. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. I can do that. And I did. And I'm like, this is the best thing ever. And it it only took me 10 years to be able to do that. So have, I guess that's my advice. Have patience with yourself. Yes. It is not easy for, I think, women in general and being a solo parent. Like, I think we we place all these expectations on ourselves that aren't really necessary. And finally, I think I love that coming to and just saying, yeah, it's okay. I do think too, it has a big part of control. You know, like when your world has completely been out of control, you just try to control every last aspect that you can and letting go of some of that control is, is freeing and, um, I think very healthy and helpful, but again, it's taken a while. So (laughs) little by little, right. For sure. I'm going to ask Sloan a question. What would you say, what would you like to give your mom a little credit for here? Like, what is something your mom that has done for you that you want to acknowledge her for today? Well, there's multiple. Putting up with my sarcasm, which takes a lot some days. The constant complaining, because I've been told I like to do that a lot, which I don't really believe. Um, And third, for just always being there. Like, if I need some, there's mom. Need this, there's mom. Want this? Here, I'll help you. Here's mom. Need help on something? Here's mom. You know, because it's like, she just knows that if I need something, she's always there. I love that. How about you, Reagan? What would you like to share with Sloan? What's been what's something that you would like to point out about her or that's even been helpful for you as I mean, you're growing up together, right? Like you're figuring things out. It's been 10 years. So I think first to let her know that her, her complaining is by far not more than I did at her age. So she's golden. I have my parents tell me that all the time. Like she's just like you. So that's all right. Um, But I think too, and, and maybe other widow moms or dads can even attest to it is that if it, if it weren't for her, I don't know how I would have gotten through those first couple of years because it was like, you need a purpose and somebody else being your purpose that still needs you to teach them how to read and, you know, learn to ride a bike or, learn to to do every little piece getting dressed or you know sleeping from a crib to a big girl bed and somebody needed me there and so if it weren't for her being there I don't know what the outcome would have been yeah and you made the choice to keep showing up every day I think we forget that like we think because we had a kid like we had to do that you chose to do that 
And look at the beautiful girl you have sitting next to you today. Oh, Sloan, I remember first meeting you. Let's talk. Okay. Let's talk about how we met because that's been a like uh, evolutionary process as well, because now you are like very well connected with the organization. So yeah, I remember it was what, 2017, I think fall of 2017, my oldest daughter had just turned 18 and I'm like, I need one last ditch effort to bring her family closer together to let her know that I'm here to support her no matter what. Like, I just wanted her to be able to address her grief. And for a long time, I had been trying to get to this family camp here in the Twin Cities called Hearts of Hope Camp. I had actually planned to go in the springtime, but then spring break conflicted. And I said, can I push it off? And they're like, yeah, come in the fall. So I showed up to camp with my three kids and they were like, what, 18, 11 and eight at the time. And we were all like frightened. We didn't know what the heck we were getting into. We see all these cheerful, like cheer there, these people greeting us, like cheering us on, welcoming us to camp. And we were like slowly backing up, ready to run out the door. But then we get there and we immediately like get to connect with other families um, and become a part of like this wonderful experience at camp. And so what I remember is being able to just get together with others that had gone through similar losses and being able to bring our kids that were similar ages together. And what was significant for me was even like that second night where we got to like even separate from the kids because the kids got to be with kids their own ages that were going through similar losses and things. And then the like us as moms, parents got to get together and talk about kind of what we were going through, what we were experiencing share with me what like that camp meant for you and Sloan during that time. Well, I got to say, I'm glad you switched from the spring camp to the fall camp. Cause otherwise me we would never too. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> but I'm not sure if you remember the, the camp that, um, time of year, it snowed so bad that day. And I remember thinking, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. This is a great excuse for me not to go. I think the drive would have taken us maybe an hour and 45 minutes um, through through the Twin Cities with traffic. And I think it ended up taking us close to two and a half, three hours because of the weather. And we're on our way. And I'm just kept asking Sloan, you know, who's like seven in the back seat. Do you think we should turn around? Should we turn around? We should probably turn around. Right. She's like, I don't know. I think we're okay. So I'm just like, okay, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. And we had originally done this camp because it was now, um, she was seven. So it'd been, you know, good five years and you're recognizing, how things are different now as, you know, her, her brain developed and realizing things are different. And and what do I do with that? And, you know, even though I might be able to be there for other kids, it's so much different when having to provide that for your own child. So I had called our local uh, funeral home and said, I need, I need something because, you know, 
around here, when you go to a widow support group, it's not usually a younger population. And, and that's different. And that experience is different. So we signed up for this camp. And yes, we get there and everybody's like smiles and happy. And I'm like, whoa, this is not my jam. I am not this happy, bubbly person. Yeah, like, hello, we barely made it there through the blizzard. <laughs> like, right. greet us with hot cocoa and some warm blankets. <laughs> yes. And and then I, I think even after the first night, too, was this um, hoedown dance. And I'm thinking, I have entered the twilight zone. And I, I, I did not, I did not dance. Everybody else is doing their thing. And I'm thinking, what? But I see Sloan in there dancing, having a ball because they do. They just did a great job with all of it. Yeah, um, they, they strategically placed that dance exactly when it needed to happen because we also first thought, what in the world is happening right now? But we were forced to like, hoe down together and twist and turn and twirl around and like swing each other round and round. And it was like, oh, this is really fun. I remember laughing so hard because first of all, I thought I felt ridiculous. And second of all, like, I don't know. It was just like seeing, I think my kids happy too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It was so much about their happiness in that moment. Um, yeah. And then just being able to talk with others that it had a similar experience um, around the similar age and with kids and what all that looks like and, and navigating. And um, I think the, ex the acceptance and the non-judgment of what everybody had been through and, and what their choices were. I mean, it was, it was awesome. And by the end, you know, I think I laughed so hard. I cried, which was a long time coming and just amazing. Yes. There was a lot of sharing that happened, I felt like, at that camp. Sloan, what do you remember? Um, remember a bunch about the first night. All I remember is I wasn't so happy because I had to bring my schoolwork with me and I had to read this humongous textbook and I was not happy about it because I didn't like the story we were reading. And then second night to me was a little scary because we were in like uh, camp houses with kids our age instead of being with mom and it was so it just felt awkward being with all these other kids that like understood when I said yeah I lost my dad too like it was weird being with people that understood what it meant to say that and then like after that when we got to meet you and your kids and everyone else it finally started to feel like it wasn't just a bubble anymore it was like a whole community kind of thing I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, we are community because like, gotta, you know, lean on each other and get through this together. Do you remember the eggs? Oh, I remember the egg well. Yeah. My, okay. So for I everybody listening. Times. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we all, it's a big target, but sometimes it's hard to, to hit it. Um, so I love that. And for people listening, they have no idea what we're talking about, which is fine. 
Um, but here's a couple of things to know. Um, whether you're in Minnesota or not, there may be camps that are near you that you can like tap into. As Reagan said, sometimes these organizations partner with local funeral homes. And so the funeral home may have a list of um, different camps and resources that you can tap into. So wonderful. Um, but the reason why I brought up the the egg toss is what, what I really, really like. Children's Grief Connection did such a beautiful job with this. We got to write all of our feelings on a board. Some of them were happy and some of them were great. And some of them were like, I'm angry, bitter, resentful. I want to scream. I'm mad. Why did this happen? They just wrote every thought up on the board. And then they let each family, one at a time, chuck eggs at the board. That was one of the most therapeutic experiences of my life. <laughs> oh, so good. That was the best. And then you see the egg yolk and everything just dripping. And it really had that effect of then everything that was written started to kind of uh, get watery and blend away, kind of like eventually, you know what, your anger is going to start to fade. It may not totally disappear, but it's going to fade, which I thought was super awesome. And then plus, you know, if you miss the first time around and you chuck it into the forest, here's another egg. Just keep going. Mm -hmm. I actually ran across our picture from camp the other day as I was going through my computer of all their little bitty kids. They were so small and tiny. Oh my goodness. And now they're turning into teenagers. Well, yeah, I have one that's a grown adult now. So <laughs> she's not so much a teenager anymore, but that was such a beautiful experience. And I want others to know that, yeah, that's kind of the point of why we're getting together and talking about this today. You're not alone. You know, you have a whole community of support. And when you feel like you're alone, like even just if you can't make the call, having somebody calling to get some of those resources for you um, and sharing those with you, please do it. Um, wow. Thank you so much for being here today. Any last words, anything that you would like others to know. I mean, you shared so much wisdom and advice, and I just appreciate both of you for taking time to, to be here and do that today. I think the last piece that I would say is, and it maybe sounds like a cliche, but grief is really like waves. There's going to be some days that it's calm and it's serene, and then the waves might start crashing. And it's it's never going to stay that way, that it comes and goes, it ebbs and flows. And, you know, if you, if you do the dance with it, you're going to be able to get through it. And, and I just hope everybody knows that there's always another day to, to work through it and to see that, that sunrise and, and be able to, Renavigate a new life that you get. Yes, I love that. Renavigate. Yeah, and we get to choose. We get to choose how we want to step forward. Sloan, anything else that you would like to share? Any any person on your journey you'd like to even give a shout out to today because they may be listening to you share your story and experience. 
I just want to say that I think it's best to talk about it. Because there were times, like, I was honestly scared to talk about it. But then I started talking about it, and I was like, wow, I don't feel like I'm just being pushed under anymore. Like, I can finally walk the beach instead of just crashing into the waves. You are so wise. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm getting pushed under anymore, she <laughs> says. Wow. Well, Regan Sloan, thank you again for being here today. And for those of you who are still tuning in, I just want to say wherever you may find yourself today, just know that we're here to support you. Keep listening to the podcast and wherever this journey may lead you will be exactly where you need to be. And whatever you need support with, reach out. Like we, you can submit your stories. There's a link in the show notes below to share your stories. If you'd like to um, be a part of the podcast, you can also choose to do that as well. But just know like you're not alone as we heard today. Um, And there's been some beautiful wisdom shared on how you can support your kids. Just be there. Just listen, talk about it. And I just wish you all the best on your journey today. Thanks for joining and have a beautiful day. If you've enjoyed today's podcast and want to design a life you truly love after loss, I invite you to join my Becoming You coaching program. It's a program for women healing from loss where I can personally help you get unstuck and moving forward with confidence. If you're asking yourself, what do I do now? Don't wait another minute to get started and go to www.erinhinty.com, linked in the show notes below, and schedule your free 30-minute breakthrough session today. I look forward to uncovering what's next for you on your journey.